Welcome to the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, this is the place for women who want to have it all and then some. This is about mindset. This is about manifestation and everything in between. My job here is to empower you to become the queen of your world, just like you deserve to be. I'm your host, Natasha Mundy. Hello, my beautiful queens, and welcome to this very special episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you've stumbled across this today, I can let you know that this is Champagne and Chill, baby. These are special episodes that I'm going to bring to you monthly where I catch up with my nearest and dearest. We have a champagne and we just talk any topics that are on our mind. So you'll meet my nearest and dearest in life. And guess what? It's the ultimate girls night in and... Um, you're invited. So I hope you enjoy this really special episode of Champagne and Chill. So once again, I am so blessed to have my best friend, Teresa, joining me for uh, Champagne and Chill today, um, our little monthly catch-up that we like to have. So welcome, Teresa. Thanks, Tash. Hi, everyone. Good to be back. I'm really enjoying this, actually, being making this a regular thing. I love it. I know, and I love having you on here, and it's so much. We get to have so much fun, and we get to talk about everything that's on our minds, and that's really, really exciting. Um, maybe I would like, again, if you would like to take the floor for a moment just to tell everyone a little bit about yourself so they can familiarise themselves with you. Sure, thank you. So um, if you guys listened to my last um, podcast interaction with Tash, you'd know that I'm a myotherapist. I work with the, the body and the muscles. I like to treat the body quite holistically as part of um, uh, pain management, injury management, stuff like that. Um, I absolutely love my work. Um and I try to bring it into almost every kind of facet of my life because I just love it so much. I yeah. love that. I love that. I love that. And I think that you and I definitely connect with the holistic approaches to anything really. Um, that's definitely something that you and I have in common. There may be different fields, but totally that, that holistic mind body, the whole lot. Yeah, totally. I just love that. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a part of something a little bit larger um, in someone's life than just, I don't know, treating a bad shoulder or a bad lower back or something like that, I guess. <laughs> no, no, part of their journey, it's really special. Mm, yeah, no, but it's good. <laughs> well, welcome back. So today we decided, so something that we've been sort of talking about and something that we wanted to discuss today on the podcast is energy, I guess, using a really broad that was the word I was looking for before, broad, a really broad term of energy. And, you know, I guess maybe talking about honoring our energy or embracing our energy and sort of the ebbs and flows and how our energy can be affected by things like moon cycles or our own cycles or our seasons of life and, and all that sort of fun stuff. Because I think um, we don't necessarily tune into that a lot. And I think that we're we definitely can, um, what's the word, like sort of numb it out and be very disconnected yeah. from that if we're yeah. not connected with ourselves. For sure. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, I, I notice it like um, probably more so even in my 
own clients than in myself. Um, just I know that the clients that I have that are really tuned into themselves and, you know, their body and how they feel, um, both, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, they're always actually um, a lot faster to heal um, mm-hmm. and they're able to, I guess, tune into when they need to go and get help, which is, I think, the main point um, that is really important is that a lot of people, I think, um, don't even have the tools to recognise when they need to go and get help. Uh, And so their energies are constantly becoming um, harder and harder to read because they're caught up in this whirlwind of... um, life essentially and they're not able to distinguish distinguish (laughs) my words are getting muddled distinguish um what they're even actually feeling at some points yeah definitely definitely and I think that I don't know like I know that I've been like a victim of that I would like to for me personally like I use the word like hustle culture you know Mm. like where it's just you've got to go 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 and um you know and you sort of keep on pushing through like even when you're feeling a bit shitty and stuff like that and it's just that that mentality that if you're not being productive or if you're not hustling you're not you know I don't know being successful maybe I think that's how I've seen it in my head yeah no totally Um, it's a hard mentality I think to even get yourself into that spot because I know like we've all done it um you know, getting into this place where you feel like you can just work, work, work and you know, you've got, kind of got this energy and then you can almost feel yourself draining your the energy that you're using and you're thinking, no, but I'm on a good streak, you know, I need to keep going with this and you just push yourself to the absolute max limit, you know. Push yourself to burnout, right? Yeah. And I think we've both, you know, kind of experienced that as well in different facets of our lives, you know. Yeah. It's a very real thing. Absolutely. And I find, like, for me personally, like, I think it's only been this year that I've really started to tune in and um, <clears throat> I guess slow down a little bit, right? You yeah. Know, before that I was just, I was not listening to my body. Like, I, and I think, like, it's taken me to a point of being, you know, like I was getting sick a lot and my immune system was being affected and and just fatigued and just living with this sort of constant fatigue. And then I started getting a lot of inflammation and I couldn't do the things that I used to do. And, um, you know, like, and, and it sort of got to a point and I'd seen like heaps of doctors and heaps of, you know, specialists and all that sort of stuff over the course of my time to get to a point to, you know, I almost gave up on that stuff in the sense of being like, hang on a sec, I don't actually think that there's necessarily something wrong per se. Like there's obviously something wrong, but it's not a a medical condition. It is yeah. a burnout. It's I'm burnt out. And for so long I've like, you know, whether it's been injury or sickness or just, you know, pushing through always. Yeah, totally. And not stopping. It's just always been something, for, you know, it's been something that I've struggled with, I think, until now, I think now. I'm embracing the rest and yeah. learning about ebbs and flows and, and seasons and cycles and stuff like that as well. And I know that that's something that you've been, I think, learning about recently within yourself as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
I don't know, um, like I'm always a little bit kind of affected with the full moon. I kind of get this little like insomnia almost uh, with the full moon. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe I'm part werewolf or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, I mean, it's not necessarily a medical thing. It's not necessarily documented, but, you know, when you ask nurses or people who work on psych wards or people who work with kids and disabled people as well, they especially notice, um, you know, kind of um, the full moon cycle. Things get a little bit more haywire, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few erratic emotions. Um, and I actually tried to do a little bit of research about it, you know, you know, why do I get affected by the full moon cycle? And Ooh, um, I wasn't able actually really able oh, to find anything yeah. credible, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but so. It's really um, true though. Like I see, you know, like I see it from a retail stand, like anytime, like from a retail stand like, point of view, like anytime leading up to the, the full moon, there just seems to be like, I don't want to use the word crazies out, but you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of emotions and a lot of like, I, I don't know, like it just everything, like you said, haywire was really a perfect way from it. And I also had a um, uh, a, an ex-boyfriend many, many moons ago and his mum worked in aged care. Yeah, okay. Like, all the time. In, whenever there was a full moon, you know, like, you know, people – in the aged care facility, whether they're in the dementia ward or, or whatever, would, you know, be getting up in the middle of the night and the same thing, not sleeping and doing weird shit, basically. Yeah. Like some of the stories came back, it was quite interesting, but that was her experience uh-huh. in that full moon as well. Yeah, yeah. So obviously last week um, was a super moon. So obviously a full moon, but the the moon was even closer to um, our um position obviously in South Australia um so it was really quite close um and you couldn't see it half the time of course because it's rainy and cloudy of course in winter time here um but yeah um yeah it's just the supermoon has like I guess uh an extra kind of gravitational pull um and you know our bodies are made up of like more than 80 percent of water so why aren't you know if the tides you know in oceans and lakes are affected why shouldn't we be affected as well you know yeah definitely um so it's just this interesting kind of wormhole that I got myself into I guess that's hilarious like and it's funny because I I personally don't I see other people (laughs) I don't know maybe I'm affected in a a full moon who knows (laughs) but I do see it a lot in other people with a full moon but for myself personally when I notice it the most is in a new moon yeah, so when it's like what completely black. Yeah, and yeah. I, have, you know, like here again, maybe maybe I'm part werewolf too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I get really lethargic, and yeah, and I have no energy and I have no desire. Like I could literally sleep that whole time, and it, then it's funny enough because my own cycle is yeah. at the moment is in tune with the new moon. Wow. So I think that's like really, you know, like it's, yeah, that's like, interesting. but I definitely, I definitely notice it in other people. Like I feel that energy around, like it is a bit of a, um, almost like a manic energy. Yes. In yeah. Full moon. Um, but yeah, but I've never really met anyone else who's like, well, I don't know. People might not tune into how they feel in a new moon, but I just always like, 
I always think, oh my God, I just, I feel ugh, like blech. And, you yeah. know, my mum or something will be like, oh yeah, it's a new moon. And I'm like, oh, that's why, you know, so, so now I'm just like, oh yeah, like if I've got no energy, it must be a new moon. That's how I tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so like the past couple of weeks now, it's been this like, um, it's like, okay, well, how do I be kind to myself? Um, well, I know my energies are depleted. Um, how do I be kind to myself while I take this time to, you know, recharge? Mm-hmm. But then how do I also be kind to um, the people in my immediate kind of vicinity as well, like my husband, uh, my family, um, my closest friends as well? Yeah. And I know that obviously I've been a bit disconnected, even, you know, when we've been texting <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just, yeah, I just need to be patient with myself. And that's actually really hard to to learn to be patient with yourself. I think because I do, like, I, I honestly believe, like, you know, I think, you know, I use the word again, hustle culture again, because it is that pressure, right? It's that, you know, oh, I should be better at replying. I should be like, I should have the energy or the mental capacity to be able to reply. But when you're feeling like that, you don't have that mental capacity. Like it's just in that energy to be able to do that. And that's totally fine. But we've been brought up to believe that that's not okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you just don't know, just push on through, you know, you're going to be freaking Wonder Woman, right? Like if you're a woman, you're going to be Superwoman or Supermum or whatever. Like you've got to be, you've got to be everything to everyone at all times and almost just your own needs. Yeah, totally. And of course, like your background, um, you know, and all of the the research and the the learning that you've done, um, obviously about you know, uh, you know, female empowerment, making women feel you know stronger, and um, you would have come across it quite a lot. Where I guess um, it's quite normal for I don't know a woman's feelings to just almost be pushed aside. Like yeah. it's not really that valid or important, I guess. Absolutely, because you've got to be everything to everyone mm. except for yourself. You know, mm. that's, you know, that's the conditioning that we're trying to get past, you know, and I guess it's sort of the modalities and stuff that I teach from is about taking back that power and about putting your needs first because as a woman we're, you know, almost like genetically bred to put other people's needs before our own always. Yeah. And it's just, um, and we just, we can't, and I think it is becoming a bit more of an awakening and there's more people out there, you know, like, you know, I started working that out from my own experience that I couldn't be like, that. I can't put everybody else's needs before my own. I have to put my own needs first. And then when I do put my own needs first, and that means, you know, what does that actually mean about taking, putting your own needs first? It means like in this occasion, you know, like when you're feeling that sort of energy, you know, depleted energy or, whatever it may be feeling is that you actually honor those feelings. Um, and even like, I would say embrace those feelings and sit in those feelings. So I think too, we also get really conditioned into being told to, if anything's like, like not comfortable, you know, like if it's, if it's uncomfortable, we've just got to like stuff it down and pretend it doesn't exist and just be, just be happy and just carry on, you know, and, we don't think about like actually just being like, it's okay to be uncomfortable in those feelings and it's okay to feel, you know, sometimes you are going to feel disconnected and that's actually 
okay. And that's what I mean by honoring and embracing those feelings rather than feeling like you need to push through. And I think like too, you know, like, and this goes with having that support network around you as well, you know, like, I mean, you just needed to say, you know, all you had to say, all you did was say to me is like, like, I'm just a bit of a new moon thing going, like I'm really spacey at the moment. I'm like, cool, no worries, no pressure, you know, like, and yeah. I think having those right sort of people around or being able to communicate because I know what it's like also to try and communicate with your husband. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a new moon and I've got no energy. <laughs> He's in me, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Like actual where if, like, I'm just, I'm not feeling great right now and you know and I'm I'm probably like I I don't know I've started to learn to really try and name you know like I'm probably feeling a little sensitive right now and I just I'm tired and I feel a bit blur you know that I can yeah. sort of communicate right yeah yeah you know no, that's really interesting yeah and getting people then like on board to sort of you know respect how you feel but that's about having boundaries with people too right like yeah yeah the boundaries for your energy like yeah yeah it's realizing okay well you know what I can't do this certain thing today um and maybe I won't feel like um doing it tomorrow either because you just need the energy to just heal yourself whatever's kind of going on in your own mind you know like you said, you know, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, um, and who knows? I mean, uh, some people can take a really long time to recharge what they've lost. You know, you you see people, you know, even if it's just like <laughs> a new moon um, or a full moon kind of thing or people recovering from, I don't know, the extremes like domestic violence or uh, trauma, PTSD, something like that, you know, it takes a really long time to recharge your energy to get back into a place where you finally feel like somewhat of yourself, you know. Where you feel human again, like you can actually yeah, um, participate in life because sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you go through stages and you're just like surviving, right? Yeah, it's survival mode for sure. Yeah, and then, and yeah, it really does, you know, it does take a bit to come back from any of that sort of things. And sometimes people don't ever fully come back from mm. that. Um, but I think sometimes if you run from those feelings, you know, I think yeah. I think if you don't face your, I don't know, I, I'm starting to learn, like, and trust me, like, I'm a bit, I'm terrible. Like with, I, for a really long time I had, I had run from, I run from feelings and I run from emotion and I run from like, and, you know, like, oh, I don't, you know, that doesn't feel good or like crying or being upset or like, it's like, oh, put your big girl pants on or, you know, like toughen up, you know, you know, like I tend to run from those sort of being vulnerable and being emotional. Yeah. Not so much now. Like this year has been a yeah. game changer for me, but mm-hmm. even up before this year. And a lot of that for me was as I started to lean into and learn about feminine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and embrace a feminine side because when we talk about like a lot of this energy sort of stuff as well, when you're talking about sort of hustle culture or feeling like you need to push through or all that sort of stuff, that's actually really wounded masculine energy. Um, and 
yeah, I was running out of that space, but you know, like when we talk about masculine and feminine energy as well, it's not like we're talking about like man or woman, we're just talking about the different levels of energy. And and I think you see a lot of what's going on in culture is a lot of wounded masculine. Yeah. um, At the moment too. Exactly. Um, And um, I'm not sure if we've really kind of briefly touched on this, but also like um, generational stigmas on energies as well. Um, Like how you really kind of learn from your parents how they dealt with um, their energy um, and their own trauma um, and now that really relates to how you then deal with your energy and trauma as well. Um, It's generational thing. It's really quite interesting and we talked about it quite a bit actually um, in uni um, Mm -hmm. regarding um, actually physical pain um, and even genetic um issues how trauma to even your great grandparents and your grandparents um relays down to how your own body functions uh yeah. when dealing with stress and trauma yeah. um and so there's a physical aspect to it as well yeah i don't know like and i could be wrong i've read this somewhere and I, i'm not sure how true it is but something about you know like if you sort of go through a trauma how that mm. trauma actually changes your genetic makeup. Yeah. And that's how it's passed it, you know, like so then when it's passed down to the next generations because you're you're passing it down via your DNA, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what we have, I guess, going on to my little science part, which I love. <laughs> love it. Um, love learning. But there's a part in your brain, it's called the amygdala. Um, and it's a part of your brain that really responds to stress and trauma. Um, and what we find in people, especially children, um, they were doing a lot of studies on how children like in Syria um, were getting affected by the war in Syria at the time. And so they took these kids and they scanned their, their brains for the amygdala the part of the brain that deals with stress and trauma. And it was more than three times the size of a normal child. Mm. The part of the brain had grown to deal with this level of trauma that they had um, you know, endured in Syria was part of the war. And it's actually this thing, um, the study I, I believe is still ongoing, where um it doesn't actually shrink. It doesn't actually go back to a normal size because that's all they've ever known. They're, that part of the brain is always going to be larger and that's always going to be passed on um, to their children then as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you can see, like, as any part of uh, any kind of conflict, you know, we're talking, you know, World War Two, Korean War, um, you know, stuff that's going on in, you know, the the Russia kind of, um conflict that's going on in in that kind of region yeah. you know all of these children are getting completely torn apart by all this trauma and their brains are being altered for you know the rest of their lives yeah. you know oh my god yeah it's it's crazy to think about how that sort of um you know how you know trauma and stress responses and stuff like that really just like 
is so much more than just, oh, just dealing with it. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're like, oh, get over it or deal with it or you know, we all know things that we've been told, you know, like, you know, like quit your bitching or, you know, whatever it is like, and it's so much more than that though. Like, and it just, it, you know, it does, it changes your genetic makeup. Like that's Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, from, you know, the conversations that we've had in the past about, you know, you growing up as well um, and, you know, having this kind of real masculine, I guess, energy or or interpretation on how you should feel or how you should have, I don't know, felt growing up as well. And we've talked about how, you know, that affected your kind of teenage years as well. Mm. You know, it has a big aspect on how we then grow up and how we portray our emotions to the ones who are closest to us as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's funny too, because like, I think, you know, obviously like with Connor and, you know, like what you, you know, what you say to your children and, and when they start going through something like I've, you know, recently started trying to, I guess like when Connor's going through through things now, like in my nature and, and I don't know, you know, whether, you know, like there's been, you know, some sort of quite a lot of traumatic stuff that happened through my childhood and, and stuff like that with from my dad's car accident to all this sort of all this yeah. sort of stuff. But you know, like I just find, you know, my my mindset or my wiring is almost like I I I've got to fix it. You know, whatever's yeah. wrong, I've got to fix it. You know, if something's if something's happening in Kyle's world and something's wrong, I've got to fix it for him. You know, and if Connor, something's happening with Connor, I just and something's happening in his world, like I, I wanna, I wanna fix it for him. And one thing that I'm sort of trying to do now, instead of just trying to go into fix it mode, is trying to um just sit in it with him. You know what I mean? So, you know, if he's like if he's upset and he's sitting on the floor and you know, he's really upset about something instead of trying to like fix it. And now as I sit down with him and, you know, like, because I, you know, obviously want him to build like that sort of resilience, but also because, um, yeah, like, I just think that it's just, it's just tough. Like I, I can't fix everything. Right. And yeah. I just need to be able to, you know, help him through it, I guess if that makes sense, and, and his energy. So it doesn't have a trauma response as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, of course. And, you know, obviously he's growing up and experiencing a whole new set of emotions as well, um, you know, and he's building his own, you know, pathways and bridges in his own mind on how, you know, he responds to, yeah, life, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mum, so I don't know that yet, but I'm sure for you it's quite interesting seeing that as well. Yeah, it's, um, you know, like it's, it's interesting watching, you know, like the, the sort of energetics of anyone, you know, like in, in what they sort of go through. And it's funny because something that you were saying was like, you know, when we talk about this generational stuff, is, you know, how much of this stuff is generational without question, right? Like we're, it's just the way that it is. 
right yeah. and we don't you know like in in same with like Connor, you know and I think the thing that opens me up a lot with Connor I see you know well why is it this is the way that it is and this like today is a very very different world than what it was when my mum was growing up or my grandmother was growing up so if that's the way it was always done then is it really relevant to today yeah totally for sure yeah it's crazy isn't it it is yeah Yeah. and I I, I don't know like I mean I talked previously when we, we last had our little podcast catch up um I guess about my history and family as part of you know kind of growing up in the cult um and I guess that has a big impact as well because for a cult to be successful um there has to be a lot of influence of someone or something to suppress other people's emotions and make sure they stay in line um and that's definitely something that we saw is that um, emotions were bad, I guess. Mm. Um, we could feel happy, but it couldn't be exuberation. It couldn't be this overwhelming joy. We couldn't be angry or sad because there were bad feelings, I guess. Mm. Um, and so it was this real kind of suppression, um, I think particularly more so that my parents went through uh, but even as I, I as a child knew, um, we always had to be, you know, on the very best behaviour. We couldn't ever allow ourselves to be angry or sad because that was a bad emotion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to come back to that. Like I think we'll take a quick little break and then we'll come back to that yeah. because I know that it's definitely something that I'd even do. Like I catch myself doing that with Connor as well. Like when, you know, you, you sort of want them to behave and you're like, you know, don't yell and don't this and, and, you know, and sort of, yeah, not really being sort of, I guess, in touch with some of those emotions as well and just wanting, I don't know. But I, I want to come back to that. So yeah, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come right back after this quick break. This episode was just so juicy that we continue to go into it for at least another half an hour. So instead of having a little break, like I just said at the end of that one, what I've actually done is made this a two-parter. So make sure you join us in the next episode of Champagne and Chill, where we continue on our conversation about energy. And if you haven't already, make sure you head over to the kissmycrownacademy.com and check out the tab that is the self-love challenge. We are hosting a seven-day self-love challenge at the end of September, and we would love for you to be a part of it. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for supporting the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things Queen Creations, make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything to do with Queen Creations.
you so much for supporting the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things Queen Creations, make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything to do with Queen Creations.